Hello, everyone. This is the Weekly Nightly Podcast, episode 8 as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Andrew. I'm Carlo. I'm Eric. And Dave. And we'll have, a, we'll have Michael from the uh, Queenscape podcast on as a guest a little bit later to talk about the Dallas series. But uh, let's just jump right into uh, Vancouver for right now. So I think last time we had the podcast, we were uh, a, a few games back. So it was, uh, I, I want to say, after game four. Um, yeah, I think we were up 3-1. Yeah, because then we we had all the craziness of Thatcher Demko. So let's, let's talk about how that went. Oh, I just got triggered you saying that name. Post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, here's the thing. Okay, so, yeah, we're recapping the Vancouver series, but we are recording this after game one of the Dallas series. So, at some point, you got to look at, was it Demko or was it Vegas, right? Or is it a combination of both, right? Demko made some good saves, obviously. Yeah, it's both. But Vegas... They kept talking about it. Hey, we, we didn't go to the, the, the tough areas. We didn't get a grease of goal. Well, now you're, you're, what, four games in? Four straight games that they're, they're not going and getting that greasy goal? I mean, game five, six, seven, and now game one. So Demko was fantastic. I, I thought, and you guys known for a while, I've talked about loving that kid for a couple months now. I would love Vegas to be able to, to get him in the – expansion draft protection don't know if that'll happen obviously but big body we didn't shoot high enough on him in my opinion and when we did we missed the net i mean martinez was giving me colin miller flashbacks on the power play just missing the net like it was his fucking job um (laughs) but it's been talked about look on your second power play he's not your he's not a patrick line a or a alexander he he's not one of the top five players on our team that has a, a great shot or a great one-timer. So obviously, Hey, that's, there's a reason why he's on your second power play. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought we could have done more against Demko, but at the end of the day, we won and moved on. So that that's really all you're looking for. Shea Theodore was by far the MVP of that series and has been so far up into the, the Dallas series. He's been the best player for, for the golden Knights. Um, yeah, what did you guys see? I think, yeah, I think a little bit of both. I, fe- I feel like the Golden Knights are a little bit snake uh, snake bit right now. There's a lot of bounces that didn't really go their way. Uh, like, there's so many close calls that just a few inches to the right or left would have been a goal Like in that series. They're just a little bit snake bit. I'm not too worried. I feel like once they score one or two, the, the, the floodgate's going to open and they're going to be right back where they were. Um and, but uh, also part of it is Demko has just been great. He he's doing all these kind of uh, snow angel saves and, and and just very he's seeing the puck really well and he was just amazing. So I'm not going to take anything away from that. And also Vancouver's defense uh, was really hemmed in to prevent Vegas from scoring. They 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 were clearing the pucks really well. There was no like when there is a rebound, Demko does allow a rebound. Vancouver clears it right away. And it was really hard for Vegas to uh score. But they had their chances. Vegas had a lot of chances. Like every time they score more than forty goals, they lose. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's it's been crazy. But every I feel time like, they have more than forty shots, you bet. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, every time they have more, more I mean, than forty I'd be, shots. I'd be real happy, Carlo, if they were scoring forty goals. <laughs> yeah, I was like, every time they score more than forty goals, they lose. I was like, holy shit! I mean, 
What kind of what, what goal did we have in if we're allowing more than forty? Well, it must have been that night nobody. Uh, it was Bennington. Bennington's in, in gold. Bennington's in gold. Allow forty. Uh, anyway, anyways, uh, yeah, I think Vegas is just in a dry spell, and I think I feel like if they score early and score like twice in a period, I I feel like they're gonna get their mojo back and they'll be fine. So the really th- there there was a stat after game five that came out that the the. Last time that Vegas was held without two goals in back-to-back games was back to 2018. It was like March of 18. So I was really surprised to see, obviously, that happen in a playoff series. And then now, hey, the empty netters, cool that we got that we got them. But that's four straight games. I'm not going to count the empty netters. It seems like it's four straight games that Vegas has scored two or less goals. So I, I'm going to say I am happy that this is happening now and not – Vegas destroys Dallas, gets through there, and then has this happen in the Stanley Cup final. Because I feel like that's actually what happened 2018 Stanley Cup final. Is they, they were scoring goals, but they just they it's like their puck luck ran out then. I think that if they, they're, you know, having, you know, bad bounces, things aren't really going their way right now, but they overcome it in this series and, and then move on, it's better to have that happen now than the next series. Yes, talk about overcoming a lot of stuff. I feel like the debate- the Golden Knights are killing all their demons in this playoffs. Like we kill, we we blew a three one lead and we 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 killed that demon because we won a game seven. We we and in that game seven we had a five minute uh, measure and we killed that demon off. And I feel like this is the demon we have to kill because that, like you said, it happened in the Caps game where we couldn't score. We got to kill this demon off to advance to the next. And I feel like this is just test after test after test on this team. And I feel like that it's just going to make a really good narrative going forward if we do end up winning the Cup. Yeah, well, I back to I, I just think that, you know, this droughts and get in their heads a little bit. I mean, they're still putting pucks on, on net. They're still getting the shots off. But uh, Back to Vancouver is, like Carlos said, their their players, their defense was getting in the lanes, getting in passing lanes, getting sticks out, and blocking a lot of shots. So they have to shoot around people because, you know, they know you can't shoot through people, so their shots are going to be off. And it, it's just – it's messing off their timing, messing off where they're supposed to be shooting. So I remember uh, a couple shots, like in, in game seven, that were just completely wide because they're trying to avoid everybody. And it's just – it's, it was a disaster at some points there, but it, it will come back. Like Carlos said, once they get a couple in, they'll get their swagger back. They'll get their confidence back and they should be able to roll from there. And, uh, and, and we are going to mention that. How, are, am I echoing? Sorry. Uh, I got to mention our defense has played uh, really well too against Vancouver. Uh, we allowed, <laughs> 15 shots in game seven. That's uh, ridiculous. Like, Leonard had three shutouts in that series. So, I, I... I wouldn't say they played great every game, though. There was some pretty... There was... There, I, I would, they, they weren't pretty... They just had mental lapses that allowed Vancouver to capitalize. But overall, they played great. Like, they, they, like I said, they had the mental lapses. And that's what you have the goalie for, is to save those shots. Because you're not... It's really hard to play a full 60 every single game. That's like impossible for them to ask. Yeah, but and it was specifically certain players in multiple games in a row that were having tr- pro- I just say just say it. I know who you're talking about. Just say it. Just talk about it. Oh, Schmidt and McNabb. Yeah. 
it was and it was mostly like that that pairing that was having issues with Vancouver. Now, it, what's interesting is I thought that Schmidt looked really good tonight against Dallas. Yeah, yeah. You said like I we we talk about this a lot. How Schmidt and McNabb's. Yeah, they have, but they have their lapses, but. Like I said, they are put in the worst positions out of all the defensemen. Yeah. They had a really good game seven. I thought they were great in game seven. Everybody and I had. thought they were and I thought they were really good in tonight's game against Dallas. I mean, they have their moments and they also playing against the top talent against the other team, that's gonna happen because those guys are the other team is getting paid to play hockey too. You know what I mean? And Whoa, they're really good. wait a minute. This isn't just all for fun, because I keep hearing that, that <laughs> That we got to be loyal and we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to just—it's a—it's a—it's all for fun. It's not a professional sport. Well, and part of the reason why Vancouver was only getting 15 shots in games because they sat back so much, though. Yeah, because especially, especially yeah. in Game Seven uh, and Game Five, because way I said it in some of the other podcasts that we joined last week, uh, that. Vancouver sat back to try to build up Bempo's confidence, and once he had that confidence. They didn't really worry about much. All they wanted to do is just keep playing their game and prevent Vegas from actually getting good, high-quality shots. And that worked great for two games. Yeah. Well, so do we want to move on past uh, the Vancouver series? Hey, well, let's, into... let's, let's real quick talk about the, the suspension. Um, oh, yeah. So, so Ryan Reeves had a, a bad hit on, on Tyler Mott, and it, it was shoulder to uh, Ted basically face contact so uh so yeah it, it it was a bad hit it was it was not a good hit. that's so i don't ma- think main main point of contact was the head so it's uh mott didn't really move it's not like he went into it like the the schmaltz hit from the um, exhibition game when against arizona suspension i thought i thought it was the the right call on the ice i thought it was the right call for the suspension i mean it made sense yeah, I think it, I don't think it was intentional at all. But nope. like those are the hits that that uh, the NHL wanted to get out of the game. But knowing, right. like, go ahead. I was gonna say it can't be both things. It can be not intentional, but still a hit that you cannot allow in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not there, there's that it was definitely no intention. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. necessarily predatory or anything like that. Not intentional, but it still happened. But, still and, the right call and still the, the, like, the right suspension. But yeah, what, it's I, what I'm going to say this way, uh, you know, people don't intend to get in a car accident. It still happens. You still have to pay the consequences. Yeah, but what I, what I'm going to say is though, because a lot of Vancouver's fans, especially, has been calls uh, Reeves a dirty player, a pass. I mean, a, a goon. See, here's the thing about Reeves. He plays really physical, and he does get in your head a lot because of his chirps and stuff. But in no way is he a dirty player. He. No. He he gets a lot of hits, but his penalty to hits ratio is so low, and that shows you his discipline and how much, like what his intent is during those hits. Most coaches, m- most coaches, and and, and um, guys that, that talk about the game or ex players call him an honest player, right? He's yeah. going to he, he's just a good, hard, honest player, and and that's what he is. It was a it was a bad hit. I can't imagine him having another one similar to that in this this playoff run because obviously the team shows with with obviously game one needing him i mean as much as we i'm just glad for vegas's sake they locked him up before the the restart happened because man if he's that important that 1.75 is going to look like a cheap deal and and it's and it's the only thing that the only fans that hate reeves are the ones 
are the teams that he never played for. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, you know, everybody hates Tom Wilson, but I would take Tom Wilson on my team. Like, uh, no, not the same. He's, pre- not he's, the same. he's pretty, he's pretty he's, dirty. I, I, would, yeah. I, would, uh, I would call him dirty if he was on our team. He's yeah, had a it, lot of dirty fucking hits. Yeah, the difference is he Tom Wilson had is – in a while, though. Yeah, that's true. He cleaned it up because a little bit. Because the, the, that 20-game suspension in 2018, yep. after that, he, he did change his game. Yep. Most of my analysis is prior to that because he's a yep. – he, the playoff run against Pittsburgh, that was a dirty fucking hit when he got suspended. Oh, yeah. The very next year, that was he, – he got, what, a couple games because of a preseason hit, and then it happened in the regular season. I mean, you're talking three nasty hits in a six-month time frame. Sorry, but he has been and then, better yeah, since then. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking about today's Tom Wilson, not 2007. But yeah, the difference, yeah, the difference about oh, with Tom Wilson and Reeves is obviously Tom Wilson has more skill and has more scoring. Much more skill, yeah. yeah, much more skill, much more offense. He brings a lot more to the game. That's why he's getting paid way more than Ryan Reeves. Yeah, but like Eric player. said, yeah, but like Eric says, Tom Wilson has that history of being dirty. He d- like before before that 20 game suspension, he did go after hits that tries to injure players that. Yeah, he purposely does it. You know, Reeves has never. You see Reeves play; he he doesn't go hit people to injure them. He goes them to hurt them. There's a difference: hurting someone and injuring them. Totally different. You know. Yeah, like like we're saying though, if if somebody who hates Reeves had Reeves on their team, they would not hate Reeves. Yeah, exactly. It's just how it works. It it works that way with anybody that hits that bit. Like uh, any of the big hitters, like they always get a reputation as the enemy because. They're, you know, these fans of another team see their their people get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, and nobody, if you nobody see, likes seeing their own their own players get absolutely destroyed. So, you know, yeah, I mean, if you see if you see a, a guy as big as Reeves hit someone as small as Je- uh, Quinn Hughes, it's gonna look m- nastier than he normally does because well, the crazy because thing of the size. Of, yeah, he's not the size that big from a height perspective either. He's like six yeah. foot one. Um, versus like some of these dudes that are like, you know, well, it's just all, yeah, it's just, it's all muscle. He's just one built like a middle linebacker though. Like, yeah, exactly. He's he's not a hockey build by any stretch. He's like Milan Lucic, only he doesn't have that hunched over stance. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, I mean, it it is what it is, but I I think that, you know, like, like, like we were talking earlier, it's, he was definitely missed in, in whatever way that, that he provides whatever energy to the game that he was missed in this one. Um, well, did you, well, not, not to jump too far ahead, but this is the first game since Pete DeBoer has been the coach that he did not start the fourth line. Yep. And, it, and Reeves wasn't on it. So that shows you why he starts the fourth line. Yeah. For Wait, he did, he did it. Going, who, who did he start? Yeah, I missed the first part of the, I, yeah. like the first two minutes. Actually, like, I turned it on and the, the goal was already scored. So, Yeah, first shot, first shot of the game uh-huh. was the goal. And look, we can talk about Fleury a little bit here. Um, he was not the reason they lost tonight. He was – so here's something that's, that's fascinating to me because we've talked about it on this podcast. If you take out the – St. Louis game where he allowed, what was it, four, four goals on four 17 goals, shots yeah. or whatever. Just a terrible, terrible game. If you take the round-robin game out of Flurry and just look at the next five game, or three games that he played, he stopped 26 of 27 versus Chicago for a win. He stopped 28 of 31 versus Vancouver for a win. 
And today he stopped 24 or 25. So he stopped 78 of 83 for a 940 save percentage since if you take the round robin out. In games so, that really matter, basically. For the games that matter. So tonight after the game, they asked DeBoer, hey, why would you start Flurry? And he said because he thought he gave him the best chance to win. And we've talked about it. Nothing that Flurry did, we, we weren't like, oh, Flurry sucks or we, we don't ever want to see Flurry again. We just thought Leonard was better. Well, right now, Flurry might be playing. I mean, obviously, Leonard won three games last series and had shutouts in all of them. So he's fantastic. It's not that Flurry was bad. We just supported DeBoer and thinking that Leonard gave the team a better chance to win. But right now, look, everybody want to talk about, oh, look at the, the games that Leonard lost. Well, if you get one goal or if you get zero goals, your team scores zero goals, it doesn't matter what goal he's in. You're yep. not going to win the game. You look what, Yeah, exactly. Look what happened today. Yeah, uh, Flurry started because Leonard played three games, uh, three games in four nights. He needed a break. That that that's why uh, Flurry played, and Flurry was amazing. They're both I've, fantastic. It's a coin toss yeah. for us. I mean, it's a coin yeah. toss with heads being a winner on both sides. Like it, it's it. Yeah, it, exactly. There should be nobody in our fan base complained about either one of them playing. Yeah, I I've said it since day one. I don't care who starts. They're both really good goalies, and whoever starts, I'm full on board supporting them. Yep. At this, at this point, it doesn't matter what goal he's in. They should stop talking about that, goals. and they need to start talking about how the team can score at five on five. Because this was the one of the most dominant teams at five on five all year and up through the playoffs into the last four games: game one of Dallas and the last three games of Vancouver. So at some point, that's what you got to figure out. You got to figure out why Mark Stone has one shot on goal today. You figure out why William Carlson's struggling why Pacioretty hasn't done anything lately. I mean, you need more out of Stasny. You need more out of Tuck. Hey, don't talk to me about Tuck. Tuck was fantastic for the first three games against Vancouver. And excluding the empty net goal, he doesn't have anything, right? So you got to start figuring out your seven or eight key players because that's what you really have with your top two lines plus Tuck. And if you want – I mean, Waz hasn't shown a, a propensity to score a lot. Stevenson, if you want to go back to a little bit of the regular season. But you need those seven or eight players to really come through, and they're not right now. Yeah. Maybe well, need, Tuck, uh, I've noticed that he, uh, he, he doesn't seem to play well when he gets bodied up on people. Tyler Myers came back, and then Tuck went away in that Vancouver series. Yeah. And Tyler Myers was playing him straight up the entire time. Uh, today, playing a very physical Dallas team, and it's kind of shutting Tuck down a little bit. I mean, he has some chances, but yeah, all his, goal, all his goals were breakaway. I think all of his goals were breakaway goals, right? Were just or he was uh, rushing, yeah, yeah, it was on a rush. The rush, yeah. Uh, here's maybe they need someone to kind of refresh their offense and some with new fresh legs. Ben Krebs, anyone? Eh? Okay, stop. You're in the Western Conference Final. There's 0% <laughs> chance unless, I don't know, four people go down? Three, maybe. Gotta go. Three. No, I, don't think, I don't think he's third in. You go, no sick is first in. Patrick Brown is second in. You honestly think they're putting a rookie that they I think never so, played in an three. NHL game? No shot. You'll who, go, who are they, they going to put over Quinny. after Brown? You'll go, you'll go Quinny, Quinny after Brown. It, what's the difference between Quinny and, and Krebs? Quinny only played, what, two NHL games? He's played multiple, and he has shown to be defensively responsible. Look, we don't need to talk about that, obviously. <laughs> the yeah. one fantastic thing about this entire playoff run, and we talked about it a little bit in our group chat, is Vegas has been completely healthy, right? Yeah. So Pacioretty missed one game. Uh, well, missed the round, Robin, but missed one game, but then has been back since. 
Uh, Reeves got suspended one game, and he took Cousins out uh, in game seven just to get a different look. So yeah. we've been incredibly healthy, played the same six. I, I take that back. We played Stastny. Uh, yeah, Stastny, Stastny, yeah, Stastny, Stastny also missed a game. Yep. Uh, and I think that's it. The, the, that's it the, yeah. the most injuries we had was when Pacioretty and Stastny was out. And that's when we played Patrick replaced. Brown. Yeah, a lot of those yeah. replacements were in the back-to-back games, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's – So, I mean, paint Krebs in. Sorry. Carl. Yeah, and let's, let's move on because that's silly. Um, like, <laughs> like uh, I would love fun. to see him just because it would be fun, but the implications of seeing him is, is scary. So, uh, so Carl, let's... we are a lot less fun after a loss where the team has scored one goal at five-on-five five in the last three games. If you want to talk to us, if we score five next game about paint Krebs coming in, we'd love to, to go down the, the – crazy path with you, but we are a lot less fun when the team plays like shit. I'm just yeah. saying they can't score, maybe. They right, anyways, score. let's move on. So <laughs> next next thing, let's let's just cover the fact that uh, in Boston was absolute dog shit, so I will admit I was wrong. I thought they would randomly just spark themselves and, and come back, but holy crap, they were bad. I don't think you were wrong. I think you were just a homer. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, anyways. I, I've been saying this since the beginning. Tampa's exercised their demons. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Now, here's, here's, like Vegas. here's the one thing about that series. If we're talking about, obviously, so then the other thing is the Islanders beat Philly in game seven. So the one seed on the East is out. But what happened to Tampa Bay last year, they're about to face that on steroids. The Islanders are a much better team than the Columbus Blue Jackets when it comes to shot suppression. They have more talent up front. They have a better Goalie. goalie, I think that I, I think I would but say they had, they had goalie. They had a Bobrovsky last year. No, I got I got said Bobrovsky obviously played really well yeah. behind that defense, but I, I like Varlamov. Grice is a fantastic. Not Grice. that he'll probably play too much. I mean, he just won Game Seven on a shutout. So I uh, I I pick Tampa. I think Tampa's the better team. They have more talent. I would much rather if Vegas can get by. The Western Conference, I would love to see us play Tampa. I don't want to play another Barry Trotz coach team because Barry Trotz is a is a fantastic coach. Might be one of the best three to five coaches in the league. Yep. Oh, by far. I I have I have uh the Islanders winning actually because because of all those things you said. They are they, they're able to uh shut down Tampa Bay. And like have playing cross again in the finals is part of that narrative where you have to exercise all that demons and you know you gotta exercise the only fun part about that would be leonard going up against his old team that too. but yeah. at this point we don't need to start looking towards the stanley cup final yeah, we gotta because first. we just shit the bed in in game one now it is only one game look it's it's nothing to to go too crazy at hopefully as you look from the third period on because the first two periods they were dominated it was shots were 11 and they scored one in the first period 11 to, to 8 so that's not domination but the second period it was 12 to 4 that is domination they were much better and we needed that, that push in that second period that just never came i felt Obviously like vancouver the, that game man. the third period it was 13 to 2 we evened up the shots but once again some of that has to do with with game score we're down one we had multiple power plays but really i think the most disappointing part in that entire game to me was the power play at the end of the second period going into the third period. So you had 40 seconds at the end of the second period and a minute 20 at the beginning of the third period, and you muster zero shots when you're down a goal. That was really disappointing to me. Yeah, it, I, I'm very curious to see the next game. Um, 
but you know, I, I know we're, we'll get into this a little more when we have Michael on after we take our break here in a minute, but it, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, like what is, what is this Reeves factor? Because there is something there. And I, I don't know that it's tangible on any score sheets necessarily, maybe with the number of hits, but like there's something there that, that makes him part of this team being a difference maker and, and all that. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens on Tuesday, in my opinion. It's definitely a swagger out from Reeves. And then he gets all the other boys fired up and, and you know, he goes, yeah. This is another one of those situations where, look, it's one game, so you don't try not to blow it too far out of proportion. Yeah. But the, the McPhee has always talked about that's the type of player that they want. That's why they went and traded for him. That's why they extended him. Uh, or not extended, but signed him after he went and got that money from Calgary and signed him to a, to a two-year deal. And then now they've extended him. They love what he brings. Look, none of us have ever been in, in an NHL locker room or, or been on an NHL team. McPhee knows what, he, when he's do, what he's doing when it comes to that. So Reeves provides something that, like you said, AJ, you can't put necessarily look other than maybe hits, like you said, on a score sheet. But he provides something. And we all joke about it because we just think about it. I mean – He's an easy player to pick on, right? Yeah. When he makes – he's not the fastest skater. So when he makes a mistake, you can see him loafing behind the play. Or when he can't get the puck out, he looks kind of kind of bad. But – and then also, we understand there's more to hockey. A hit doesn't provide a goal most of the time, right? It can, obviously. But, yeah. So – when the when T-Mobile back when we were allowed to actually go to games, when he would make a hit and the crowd would go wild, I always kind of just laughed at that. I was always like, okay, come on, Vegas fans, like it's just a hit. But hey, it provides energy to this team, and right now that today tonight proves it. That team needs that energy because it was not there. It wasn't there from the the top lines. DeBoer tried to create some sort of energy. He shuffled lines again. He yeah. went back to the same lines that won Game Seven but then shuffled lines as the game went on. You saw the, the All-American line. Uh, Pacioretty, Stasny, and Tuck play together. You saw um, Stone, was... Stone, Juan, and Stevenson play together. Yeah, you know, you know what they say, uh, the saying goes, the key, he keeps the flies off the honey, right? I mean, the honey off the flies. Not just that, though. It's... <laughs> okay, it's That's what McPhee said when they signed him. That's like a long time ago. But it's a, it's a psychological warfare thing, too, in my opinion. Because yeah. you got this big, bruising dude out there. Like, it's A, chirping you every 20 seconds about something from either the bench or on the ice, but then laying out, like, some of your, your key players. Like, look what he did to Quinn Hughes on that one play in the Vancouver series. That shifted the the enter, or the focus off or in that game where Hughes turned over the puck Martinez I believe picked it up passed it to Theodore and then eventually it became a goal um, no it, le- it led to a goal because um the other player for Vancouver I forgot who it was was trying to to get into Reeves face instead of skate back down yeah. so I mean that in that instance it definitely did lead to a goal so also it goes back to what we said about him before about the 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 hit that he had. He's just an honest player. He keeps the other players honest. Klingberg had a big, big hit. Was it Klingberg or somebody had, or Alexiak yeah, had was, a big hit against, uh, Smith. against Smith. And there was no worry that he was going to have to, to, to pay for that later in the game. There was zero, zero on their mind about that. You can see, and you can see, they keep shooting, uh, showing shots of Reeves on the press box. And you can tell he's taking notes, man. He's taking notes on that. Like, yeah, he, he's next game. very, very focused, like, from the press box. Like, 
he looked like he was, he was not there just to watch this. He didn't even look upset that he was up there. He looked like he was like, all right, next game, I'm just going to come out. Yeah, he, like you said, he looked focused and determined. And, you know, maybe this series he just pops in one of those rare goals he gets and really gets him fired up. Because we talked about it before, like that uh, one goal he had right right off the faceoff, you know, early in the against year. Tampa. <laughs> against Tampa. Against yeah, Tampa. Yeah, yeah. It happens once in a while. I mean, he does score goals once in a while, and it's and it's a surprising, it's a pleasant surprise. It's like finding you know an extra candy in your, yeah. your and that definitely time. provided them some energy in that one. Last thing, yeah, I it'll, it'll be it'll be good to get him back, but it won't matter if if, if that team can't score goals at, at five yeah. on five for Agreed. for whatever yeah. reason. And we we'll talk about it obviously a little later as well. But the thing that I would like to see is Vegas needs to make a adjustment when it comes to getting the puck out of the zone. Because they were so great and so crisp with their breakouts against Vancouver, but Vancouver's forecheck was not near as good as what you're facing with Dallas right now. Dallas has a a clear plan when it comes to the forecheck and also clear plan when it comes to the neutral zone. So DeBoer has his his work cut out for him to go in and figure out how to break the forecheck and break through the neutral zone because it was not clean until the third period. I think they're just a little bit shocked at the difference of uh, physicality between two teams. And I think once they adjust, they'll be fine. Yeah, so so on that note, one, I think the last thing I'll, I'll say about the physicality piece is that, uh, or with, with regards to Reeves, is without all of the, the actual real-life crowd noise, you can actually hear him when he finishes some hits. He makes the Ric Flair whoop. I, I heard it on like one or two different occasions during the last series where you're like, Huh. He, he's actually like out there, like <laughs> just taunting people at that point. Um, but let's uh, let's go ahead and take a, a quick commercial break here, and and then we'll go ahead and come back and uh, bring Michael from Clean Skate Clean Skate Pod on for for a few minutes here. Woo! What is up, Devils fans? It's your boy, Neil Piano. Make sure you check out the Devils State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. From Taylor Ham or Pork Roll to how much we hate the Rangers, we got you covered. New episodes every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Hockey Podcast Network website. And always remember to rock on. Woo! And we're back. So uh, we, we have Michael Farway from the uh, Queen Skate podcast uh, on to, to talk about the Dallas series with us tonight. So uh, thanks, Michael, for hopping on. I know that uh, you just got out of work pretty recently. So appreciate having you here. Uh, how's it going tonight? Going pretty good. I hopped off work and then I was able to watch a pretty solid, stereotypical Dallas Stars uh, game one win, just like we all drew it up, right? Just like you, you drew it up. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we're recording this right after the uh, the game one loss for Vegas, uh, which means a game one win for Michael. Um, so let, let's just kind of go around and, and talk about this game because it definitely was not Vegas's even remotely close to best game, or it might have possibly been the well, possibly the worst out of this entire like playoff run so far. But. Um, what did you guys think? How, let's start with uh, Eric here. Well, I mean, when you say best or worst, I mean, at some point you got to start talking about 
William Carlson, Mark Stone each had one shot attempt today. I mean, at, at some point you need your, your top guys to show up. We need, we talked about it with, with Vancouver, but I mean, they're over 200 straight minutes with scoring less than one goal against a goalie. I mean, the two empty netters at the end of the Vancouver series mean nothing at this point, obviously. So you got to figure that out. Um, the thing that I'd like to talk to Michael about, I'm kind of curious as to what you thought, obviously coming in. So there was a fantastic stat yesterday that I saw. Dallas was 7-0 and in this postseason when they scored four or more goals, but they were only 2-7 and when they scored uh, four or less goals. I guess it was five or more or four or less. So did you think that Dallas could have this style, could transition back to what they were in the regular season and transition back to just a full lockdown, hey, we're going to give you shots from the outside, but – it's going to be a low event game. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I definitely expected uh, Dallas to play some pretty strong defense right off the hop. I mean, you got to remember the Dallas defenders and the forwards just finished a series where every time they looked up the ice, it was Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Kale McCarr skating at them. So, like, the, the type of defense you have to play to play effectively against those players – um, is like the same really tight defense that I think we sort of know the Dallas Stars can do it. And we haven't really seen uh, really yet a game in this postseason where the Stars have, like you said, been like that that regular season, just we're going to play the trap, we're going to win this game, one nothing in this case, um, by one goal, and, and that's all we're going to do. So I definitely I, – I, I'm not surprised that they were uh, strong defensively after having to play against such a strong competition in the last round? Uh, to me, I'm uh, on my case for Vegas is I'm not too worried about it. Vegas did look really flat and sloppy, but they had, they were due for that game. They were playing how many games in a row. It's just such a short period of time. They had, they just got out of a back-to-back with one day's rest while uh, Dallas uh, didn't, come out of a back-to-back they played a back-to-back a day's rest and then game seven if i'm uh if i'm correct right yeah yeah so mm-hmm. dallas certainly came up uh, much more fresh uh in that game and uh come to think about it i'm like when you think about it it's i'm not that surprised about it and during the third vegas really started to find their legs and just couldn't beat cold open yes i am concerned about our offense having not having scored a five uh five on five goal since the theodore goal on game four five game five that was the last time they scored a five on five goal which is yeah a little bit concerning but i i feel like i know that this team can get it together because they're due for a like a short this stinker game like this you know so I'm not that worried. It's just game one. So, yeah. yeah I was going to say, I wasn't too surprised it came out flat because of, you know, the condensed schedule and whatnot. I mean, they did come out in the third period, start moving the legs more, started hitting some more, but uh, still Dallas was settled in and, you know, they had that great defense and they had that good system and they do support uh, each other there. So I, I can't say I was too surprised. I was, I was kind of expecting a stinker today, but not quite like what happened. But you got to give all props to Dallas because, you know, they played right into it. Yeah, I think think Dallas, the the thing that they were able to do best was neutralize Shea Theodore. I mean, Shea Theodore had 
I don't I mean, I'd love to see the, the numbers for turnovers. We'd have to go to, to Corey Sinjadir for that one. But, I mean, it was – every time he tried to have one of those stretch passes, it was just picked off in the neutral zone. So I was surprised it took so long for Vegas – or it took so long they never adjusted to it. But that they went the entire game without making the adjustment of, okay, because you saw late in the game Marshy – took it from below the goal line and skated it all the way into, into the offensive zone. So they never took the puck out of his hand, whereas Shea and our defense, both McNabb, uh, Schmidt, and Martinez, just kept making those stretch passes that were picked off. So they did a – Dallas did a fantastic job of clogging the neutral zone. And really, Shea, this was by far his worst game of the, of the playoffs. And we, we can't – not mention that we only allowed one goal though although most of that was flurry he was flurry was great especially early we still only allowed like one goal but also maybe that's the case of dallas turtling at the uh at the end there at the third maybe but yeah, they, had, they had two shots in the third they they were yeah. they were just interested in clogging up the neutral zone and, and keeping all the shots to the outside if yeah vegas, but let, so if, if vegas got a goal first, I think that game would have gone completely different. Um, obviously, because you know Dallas is like, all right, we know we know this team is capable of being terrifying, um, and and I think that they, you know, the coach and, and the team is just like, all right, we got to lead. Let's just hold on to this as long as possible, and obviously try to still score more. But you know, they they made the smart play by really just locking down and, and playing defensively into the third. Well, yeah, they completely you, you, copied what Vancouver did. Yep. You saw it against, I mean, Colorado. Um, they would just come in waves. Like I said, like Colorado has such fast skaters, right? That there were a lot of times I was getting mad because we'd get the puck and it's up off the glass and out. And then it's just a turnaround back in the zone. We break up the play. We chip it up. There was just, there's no offensive spark when they decide to be like, you know what? We're just not going to play offense but we're also not going to let anything across the blue line either yeah dallas really played really solid defensively against vegas so i gotta give him a lot of credit there but i also feel like vegas has a little of that shell shock on dallas because of how physical they are compared to our last opponent which was vancouver like i I feel like they kind of dallas showed up and kind of just pushed them around and vegas didn't really expect that much of a fight back physically because of their last, I think they, they knew what it was, but they didn't know how it was a little bit of a shock. I feel mm-hmm. like Vegas is going to adjust next game and they know what to expect now. They also have Ryan Reeves next game. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, not saying that he's the only difference maker possible, but I think his physicality is going to add a different level or a different layer to the, to the next game compared to this one. Cause you could, you could see some of some Vegas was getting, beat on tonight yeah. they came out hitting right away too so they should as soon as that first shift happened and they saw all the hitting going on they should have been okay guys we we need to be aware of what's going on here and start fighting back yeah and i feel they need to like I, i've noticed too that the knights had is a little gun shy a little bit shooting the puck i feel like the demco kind of got in their head saying like we gotta get better shots and stuff there's a few shots i thought they should have took instead of passing it but that's their ml uh, all the time though not just yeah. not just for the last series they always try to get too cute with it no i mean they still got a lot like serious they got a lot of shots like i, I kind of during that game the first two periods i kind of felt like we were vancouver there because we couldn't get anything done 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that was like, like this is this what Vancouver felt? It's, yeah, you know what I mean? So, but like not, I said, we got our legs up at the third. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, me, me either. And that's what I was going to say is like, you know, I, I think this is anybody's series still. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's one loss or one win, regardless of how, which, which team you're cheering for. Um, I, I think that there's a lot more games that are going to be played in this series. I, I, I had picked uh, Vegas in six, obviously, because I'm biased. Um, but I, I could see this going seven again for both, uh, or obviously for all of us here. So we'll see. I did, I did pick Vegas in five because I'm trying to catch up to Dave and I have to pick a different number. So yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> I think that's why you picked that way. So, so you're, Carlos, uh, I'm, playing, I'm playing the game. Four I'm wins playing. now, right? I'm playing the game, not not properly picking the. Yeah. Well, if you if you look at it in the history of the Vegas Golden Knights, they are 0 and 1 in Game One of the Western Conference Finals both times, and they are 4 and 0 the rest of the time. They steamrolled <laughs> they steamrolled Winnipeg two years ago. Right, it's a great sample size. Right, it's a great sample size. <laughs> yeah, so, Michael, how do you see the? Uh, how do you see? Obviously, you got to feel good about that. Do you think that that is a game plan? that can work for Dallas moving forward, getting the first goal and just trying to clamp down? Or do you, I mean, can Kudobin stop 25 out of 25 again? Or, or how do you see this kind of series going or what kind of adjustments? Well, I think while there definitely was a really big pushback from Vegas in that third period, I think that there were moments, especially in that second period when Vegas just wasn't getting anything. And Vegas was very lucky to have left that second period still only down by one. Flurry was huge. And I think, right, I think that third period goes a little different if you're not down by one. Um, right. So I think that no, I don't think, right, we should expect or hope for a one nothing win every time, right? Because all it takes is there were a couple times that the Golden Knights were just throwing things at the front of the net, you know? And all it takes is one of those times in one of these games, that puck to tip a wrong way and go in the net and then that game is tied right so I don't think you know they should necessarily look to just turtle I guess as as you put it um uh with a one one goal lead but I also don't think that they necessarily entirely you know like retreated in this one either right they definitely they definitely were fine playing defense in the third but they definitely still were pushing the pace and looking for goals in this one I'm just glad we don't have uh, Cody Egan on our team now because you guys got Joe Pavelski and the, you know what happened the last time those two were on the ice together. I am also glad the Stars don't have Cody Egan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I forgot. I forgot you started off on the Stars. Yeah, no, I think – wait, no, I'm thinking of Riley Smith. Never mind. Cause he got drafted by them too. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. And and James Neal was, was a big part of the Stars for a while. Yep. Yep. Yeah, a lot of alumni. So, so one thing I did want to bring up is that you guys have probably one of my favorite rookie defensemen in Miro Heskinen. Like, I think he's an absolute stud. Obviously, he showed up tonight. Um, it it's going to be interesting seeing him versus Theodore continue through that throughout this series. I mean, we're we're real big Theodore fans. Obviously, he's a fantastic player. Um, but yeah, you got you got your star defenseman as well, and and man, he's he's made some of your your games. I mean, especially last series against Colorado, he did some really cool stuff there. 
he is just like he is so good in every spot of the ice. He makes everything easier for the forwards. He makes life easy for his goalie, his D partner. He is just so fluid. It's a joy watching him skate. And like, listen, I mean no disrespect to the to the Golden Knights, but the 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 skate level that was in last like the skating ability that was in last series with the McKinnon and like watching Kale McCarr and Miro Heiskanen just go back and forth with end to end rushes last series was phenomenal hockey. Yeah. I feel like, uh, the, the speaking of your defenseman though, because, uh, everybody talks about Heiskanen, but the guy who scored the goal, uh, today was, uh, the, your other star, Defenseman who's barely talked about this postseason, to be honest, to be honest with you, uh, Klimber, uh, Klingerberg. And how how do you much do you think is it's going to be an X factor in this uh, series? Well, he's huge. He has scored. Um, he he he's scored overtime winners. He scored big goals for us. Um, and I I definitely think like I don't know. He might not get talked about as much as Heiskanen, but like it's it's the two of them up there together like when we're in desperation mode and we see we've seen it a few times um like with goalie pulled and stuff like that we'll just throw normally you'll see like with on power plays or or um like with the goalie pulled there'll be only one defenseman out there the stars aren't afraid to throw out Klingberg and Heiskanen out there at the same time and just let the two of them go because they're both incredible well there was one stat uh going into the series um, and obviously including today, that 53 out of the 57 goals that the Stars have scored have had either Heiskanen or Klingberg on the ice. They essentially are always out there. They, the only thing, I mean, I don't know if they, I think they both PK, but they are always out there. So it's just like they both get 25 plus minutes. So but they do watch every, about it. They do everything and they're on different pairs which yeah. is amazing because it means you can have, like you said, one of them out there almost all of the time, which is just something that is so hard to handle for another team because it means you always have to be aware that one of them is on the ice. They can skate it out of the zone. They can bomb it. They can rip wrist shots. They can send like amazing stretch passes. They are one-man breakout machines. I, I can't talk enough about them. They're so good. So, so thinking about the series overall, um, Michael, what, what would you suggest that, you know, the stars do to, to win the whole series? Do they, you know, I know Eric kind of asked this as well, but do they just stick with their game plan or do they, do, do you need more out of them? Um, Cause I think from Vegas's perspective, like, you know, Eric, Eric was just pointing out that the two star defensemen that you have, Vegas needs to probably focus on figuring ways to shut them down. Um, and, and just overpower them. So, so I'm kind of curious from your perspective, what, uh, what you think needs to happen and, and in order to adapt to whatever Vegas does next. If the stars can continue to replicate the second period, I would say from this one, I'd say they have a pretty good chance. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, it's like that, that the neutral zone clog really worked. And like I said, they I think a lot of the experience from the Colorado series is going to carry over to this Colorado attacked them with such speed that the, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's easier. Cause I, I don't want to sound like I'm 
Like, I don't know, the, the Avalanche attack with just such vastly superior speed than I would say the Knights do, that if they're able to skate with that and they can continue to play their game like they did in Game 7 and in this one as well with that sort of defensive style, uh, I think we'll have an all right time because you guys already seemed frustrated with your offense coming off of last series. So if they can sort of lean into that frustration, that's if it's felt by you guys, I can only imagine what the team is feeling. So if they can sort of lean into that, you know, goal frust- drought frustration, then we, we might have some good chances. So let me ask you this from a uh, Dallas perspective. What do you think Vegas does to actually win the series? Like, how do you think they can win it from a I, Dallas perspective? Yeah. I, to be honest, they Vegas plays a really good uh, – I, I don't want to say, like, cycle play, I guess. They, have, they, got, they are able to have really solid zone time. But I think against a team like the Stars, like, you're going to need a lot more traffic in front of Hudobin. Um, you guys, there were a lot of times where there were some overthinking of passes, um, and they were passing it and sort of clutching the shot a little bit. They weren't sure on getting all their shots away. And I mean, listen, Hudobin was a sponge. Anything that he saw hit him and there was nothing coming off of him. So like Alex Tuck is a big guy in front of the net, but you're going to need so much more from everyone in front of that net because, like a lot of the Colorado goals weren't from amazing passing plays that they could do. It was from them putting shots on from the point and getting tips in front of Hudobin. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of our shots, though, I mean, were getting right into his chest, but like you said, he was just gobbling them up and not letting any rebounds off. And, and if he did, you know, their defenseman or some forward was right down there to clear it out anyway. Yeah, and, and we block a lot of shots. Like, we, we jump in front of everything and block a lot of shots. So, like, you got to – like, I know Theodore can do it. You need everyone to do it, to just start putting things at the net. Because if you are trying to, like you were saying, sort of, like, pick and choose your shots and, like, to get that just perfect, like, cross-crease shot, it's not going to work. Dallas plays too strong defensively to rely on that. Schmidt has potential. Schmidt has some decent chances today too, but this and that a couple of times, but some of it was because of block shots. And so you got Schmidt there too. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's a one goal game. Like that's, it's a, it's a couple bounces either way. And, and for, and that game goes different, you know? So it's a hard game to predict the rest of the series off of. Well, and yeah, for sure, because if you, if you look at Vegas, I mean, the, the reason why this is – everybody's so worried about it is you keep seeing those stats out there, right? They, they've scored one five-on-five goal in the last 125 shots. I mean, it's just – as that continues, if, if we just finished off Vancouver by scoring four goals and five goals, then nobody would be talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that, hey, you've scored one five-on-five goal the last whatever three games, whatever it turns out to be, that's why everybody's now talking about this. Okay, is there a problem? Vegas didn't come out and play with the same sort of swagger or whatever they didn't. Whether Look, we all kind of jokingly about Reeves and what he provides. He does provide something, though. This is a series. He's much more valuable in this series than he would have been in the Vancouver series. Yeah. So 
it's one game. Who knows? Obviously, they're going to come out a lot better game two. Uh, but we'll see from there. I mean, I just think Vegas, their stars have to be better, though. I mean, your top line, your, your top two lines have to do something. Like, stop fucking around with, with Chandler Stevenson and, and between Pacioretty and Stone. Like, th- that doesn't work. Nobody's injured. Stop that shit. Let's, let's figure something else out. So, I don't know. I, I hope that he goes back to, to the lines that when everybody's healthy, which is what we started the, I guess, second game whenever Pacioretty came back against Chicago with. That's the lines that I want to see because I'm tired of seeing Stevenson up with Stone and Pacioretty. So I, I, I would actually want to see at least, you know, if – at least for a little bit, if you know we're we're still getting frustrated, is see the Stastny Stone Pacioretty line back. I want to. I would just be very curious to see if that would make a difference versus Carlson because I I don't I don't know what's going on with Carlson, but he just hasn't been hot lately. Um, I know we have that one shorty in in the Chicago series, but yeah, that was from a from perfect that. Stone feed. So it's just uh, Carlson. Carlson. It just takes one or two for Carlson to get really hot because he's a really streaky goal scorer, but he with does that, everything that else. Whole, it's that whole line with him, Marchie, and Smith. Like those, those guys are either incredibly hot or in, invisible. Um, and I feel like Marchie right now is just wasting his time. So uh, he needs to. Marchie's wasting all of our time right now. Yeah. He actually had a good game, in my opinion. I, I, I thought yeah, he was fine. Just I mean, look, he, he, this is not the series for him to try to be physical in. Obviously, the dude's a dude's a small little guy. But I, I thought he was. I thought he was fine. Um, Nosek actually. I, I wouldn't take Nosek out when Reeves comes back. I don't know who you take out. I don't know if it's back to Cousins or maybe you take Stevenson out or something. But I wouldn't take uh, uh, Nosek no, out. Sick. I thought Nosek. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Nosek showed up hard. He had. He was good on the four trick a couple times. So. No, because um, the pressure because, legs though too. Yeah, he was the. Yeah, I was gonna say he's one of the most fre- uh, fresh legs because he only played one game of the back to back. I think Cousins also is a little bit more fresh than them. So yeah, I think we should uh, give Stevenson a break, uh, yeah. one day break, and we maybe that'll help. But I feel like yeah, a, a bigger pushback in game two with both teams have the same kind of amount of like closer games and stuff. Yeah. I don't expect they, any game the rest of this series to be like today's. No, I yeah. think this this was, this game will be the outlier for the series, not the rule. Yeah, this was probably a, a fantastic game for Dallas to come in and steal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they I, went I, to overtime, they, but but it was it was it was a perfect spot it, for all the things. Now Vegas needs to just take tomorrow off, whether they have practice or not, but just take tomorrow off, come back Tuesday, hey, and figure it out. So, Michael, anything you want to add uh, about Dallas? What we should look for the rest of the series going on before we uh, let you go? Uh, yeah, um, his name is, you may have heard it recently. His name is Kiwi Ranta. Keep an you're, eye out. You're telling me about a guy that literally was scratched the entire playoffs, had one good game, and then that's now all of a sudden the X factor. Come on, the dude played 13 uh, okay. games in the regular season, had one goal. You're if right. You want to give me an not, X factor? Not, okay. Give me an actual X factor like Gurionov. Hey, he had four goals in one game. I mean, come on. All right, Kiwi listen, Ranta's, listen. He's a scrub. Uh, okay. I'm doubling down. All right. I'm going to tell you, from what I saw in this game, he's not coming out of the lineup. He took a terrible penalty. He took, he was, one, he was... he took one bad penalty, but I, what I saw from, what, from, from my analysis of the game, I saw someone who, one, was a burst of speed and energy in a lineup that does not have a lot of that. Someone, two, who – 
was back in every play that like if he lost the puck, he was the first man back. And three, he adds, I think something so much better with Gurionov and Hints together. Cause I wanted them. I want Gurionov and Hints together. The question is who do you play alongside of them? And so far they've been trying people like Corey Perry at that role. And I have loved from the two games I've seen him in, what I've seen from Kiviranta and that whole line. So I'm doubling down, and I'm saying Kiviranta. All right. Well, we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye out for the third or fourth line scrub that, that all of a sudden had a, a great game seven. If I just thank you very much for not mentioning him in the same breath as Wayne Gretzky because I would have fucking kicked you off at that point. would have said, okay, get out of here. Don't give I me mean, a hat trick first time. Do you guys know seven. who Shut is the, fuck the last? <laughs> Stop. Yes, we know. We've heard it. We pay attention when stats are said. So, Michael, thank you very much for, uh, for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll uh, let you go and enjoy the, uh, enjoy the win tonight. We'll, uh, maybe if the series is prolonged, we'll talk uh, again with you. I appreciate you guys having me, boys. And uh, we don't wish luck around here, so good night. <laughs> Have yeah. fun. Later, man. Thanks again. Oh, we have a we have an extra special guest uh, after letting uh, like letting Michael off. Uh, somebody that's just a little tiny bit younger than Michael. Not not by much though. I mean, that's us. That is us. Good job, baby. <laughs> what? What do you think of uh? What do you think of the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars there, kid? <laughs> Amelia, can you say Go Knights Go? Go Knights Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Go Knights Go. <laughs> does Does Daddy get upset if the Knights lose? <laughs> <laughs> well, she can't hear because I got the headphones. Oh, that's your right. <laughs> But she can say Go Knights Go. Perfect. So. Uh, oh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, so so let's uh let's go ahead and uh and wrap up here. I know we uh we got to move on with our our nights and and uh, no pun intended there, but um. yeah, go nights. You know what's funny? So so one one th- one thing I forgot to mention earlier, and then we can get into the five minute major. So my dad texted me before the game started, and he said, "No Reeves, is that going to hurt?" And of course, me, you know my response because this is before the game. I said, no, it's not that big of a deal. Actually, we'll have more skill on the fourth line. And then we go to the entire <laughs> pod talking about how he's, he's the difference maker, how we need him back. So my dad, obviously, because he's been watching on NBCSN, they, they've just been pumping Reeves' tires. So yeah. he texts me and I just basically blow him off. I'm like, no, there's no, Reeves doesn't mean anything. And sure as shit. Hey dad, you were right. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I honestly, like, I think we're all a little bit taken aback by what a different baker he actually is now. So, uh, yeah, for sure, so. all right, let's go. Well, we'll see next game. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let me go ahead and reset the stopwatch here. And so, uh, before we start this, let me just, let me just say that, uh, we might have to, uh, just kind of comment on this, at least, at least for the next couple uh, episodes that we, Kill the five-minute major in a game. We did. So, we did. We did. We did. I thought, like I said, we we exercised that demon. It's part goals. of our. It's it's part of our our step to winning the cup. I actually think the girl. Was, one I, shot. I think, one shot. The, that was the most impressive part. One yeah, shot. You only had one shot. So that's. Do not miss your okay, chance to blow. All right, All right let's go. So let's let's go ahead and get it started. We're still going to do our five-minute major where we talk about four points from around the NHL in under five. It's minutes. not going to go away. It's not going to go away. No, it's not going to go away. It's still funny. So let's, yeah. let's just go yeah. ahead and uh, all right. So let's uh, let's just go. Uh, I'll take that here. one. I'll take I'll take the Pierre Maguire rumors. I look. I hope this happens. I hope 
he goes anywhere except for on NBC in his, hey, did you guys know that Demko's from San Diego? Did you <laughs> know that talk? in Boston College? Did you know that? I mean, look, Pierre Maguire knows more than I'll ever know. I get that. Look, I, we, I like – hockey fans like to make fun of him just because of the silliness that it is. Because even today they talked about – because he kept bringing up Alexiak there, and, and uh, Kenny Albert said, oh, hey, Pierre, I know about Alexiak. You've talked about him all series or all, all playoffs long. So I, I hope he goes. Here's my opinion on Pierre, though, because I don't think he's a Milbury or or or, no. or a Cherry. He's not. He's no. just weird. He's just a little weird. Yeah, he's a he little. He loves cookie. giving the useless information. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's just that's his little shtick, and he doesn't stop it. So hey, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, every but, once in a while, you still want to tell him to shut up, though. That's correct, exactly. But, that's why I am the the uh, hockey podcast network's Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you are. I agree with that. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Next one. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll go with the next one. So uh, uh, Dumba won the uh, King Clancy Award. Um, they announced it tonight since obviously we're not having the uh, NHL awards in Vegas this season because of coronavirus. So, uh, you know, hey, it's still presented by Vegas, though. Yeah, it is presented by Vegas. So it's nice to get the branding out there still. Um, but, you know, obviously he had a big uh, speech about his uh, – you know, racial racial justice uh, discussion that really opened up the NHL to start talking about this overall. So, um, you know, then people like Evander Kane started talking, or obviously were part of the same alliance with uh, with Dumba. But then also Reeves started talking about it, and and lots of other players. So it's it's you know it's it stoked a fire that needed to happen, and it made the NHL look really good without you know, being very superficial. So, you know, glad that he won the, the King Clancy Award. I, I think that that's a really good representation of the direction that the league wants to go in. So, yeah, know, the Hockey dude. Diversity Alliance was, was the alliance that they started in. They've done fantastic work with that so far. They've presented um, a plan to the NHL. Now, the NHL hasn't said yay or nay to, to all these things. But obviously, with, with what the players did, I think you'll see after this postseason run, they'll do something with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. And shout yeah, out to Mike. Well yeah, and shout out to my fil- uh, fellow Pinoy there. He's a Filipino. He's half Filipino, so it's my my bro right there. Unless you're Dale Talon, then apparently he's black. Yeah, apparently. No, he's, what, what, he said it- something. I don't even want to get into that because I don't want to get in the same boat that he did. He said something that cost him his job, so he's gone. So, okay, next. Yeah. All right, uh, no Steven Sankos for the conference final for Tampa, but for Tampa, they haven't had him all playoffs anyway. So they're just – both of us keep rolling – I mean, they could use him, obviously, because he's one of the best players in the world. But so far, so good for Tampa on that. I mean, but it does hurt the NHL overall because they can't promote yet another star in the playoffs. But. I think the one thing that's going to hurt him, obviously, Stamkos being out, that, that's really going to hurt him. Point has picked up his play. He's already fantastic. Uh, but the Kucherov ling- lingering injury, if, if that happens, if that comes back up, because he missed – parts of that the the last bit of their game five um so if he gets injured again or re-aggravates that injury that'll be very very bad all right uh so on the last one is that to the pleasure of jonathan marshall so uh st louis didn't waste any time uh right after they uh right after they got eliminated they made a big trade uh with montreal uh it's it's i see this as a huge cap dump with uh jake allen uh moving to Montreal, uh, so their second goalie, so they're going to be stuck with Bennington <laughs> next year, and 
they free up cap space to potentially sign Petriangelo because that's their biggest goal in this one, I think. If we wanted to talk about signing Petriangelo, it would have they wouldn't have traded for Justin Falk and extended him. That was such a bad. I mean, we don't need to go down the St. Louis Blues cap situation, but yeah, the the Jake Allen trade that is. Uh, Interesting to say the least for Montreal. I guess they better hope Bennington turns it around. And, and Montreal too, they're spending what yeah, 14, 15 four, million. Oh yeah, close to fifteen. I think it's, it's like 10 fourteen point, ten point five plus four point like something seven, yeah. five or something like that. It's it's fifteen point two five million dollars. I think. Yeah, yep. it's interesting strategy there. <laughs> Bennington got it starts an extension next season, right? Yeah, he's so it's, no, it's it was no, it's already in because he oh, yeah, it's already in. He held up. Yeah. Because he was yeah. he was an RFA after that that cup run, so yeah. And now they're stuck. Uh, th- now they're stuck with Bennington, which who had a really bad playoffs. So let's see yeah, if he so can turn it around. We'll see. Oh. So. All right, we are at our five minutes, and those were our four points. So hopefully, speaking of points, we have more of those for Vegas uh, next game. <laughs> that's that's uh, a good point. point so. That's All a good right. point. Minimum right. four points in the next game. All right. So good. Good. Uh, Good last series, guys. Bad game tonight, so hopefully let's hope for more this week. Let's go, Knights. All right, guys, have a good night. All right, stop wasting time. Peace out. Carl's always right. <laughs>